0: I remember 25 years ago on a Wednesday night, you may be seated, um, we knew that pastor had been out here and preached when this was a little Pentecostal church. What was it called? Full Full Gospel Tabernacle, yeah. And we knew he'd been out here and preached and was trying out. And we had been to church that evening and, you know, believe it or not, 25 years ago, not everybody had a cell phone. So we left church, Pastor Mark, do you remember? We left church and hightailed it over to Corona to find out if he had got the phone call. And we walked in and he was being real quiet, but the kids were beside themselves. (laughs) They were jumping off the walls. Gene said, Angie, did you hear? My daddy's going to be the pastor. (laughs) And we were so excited. But I will say that that night I lost a part of my brother. Because I lost him to y'all. But I'm grateful that God brings everything back around full circle. And that I'm here with him tonight celebrating 25 years of God's faithfulness. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love my brother. I love my sister. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, do you love the Lord tonight? I sure love him. Let's go to Genesis, the 15th chapter. And we'll read verses 1 and 3, and then we'll scoot down and read 8 through 11. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Mike and Olanda, for being here tonight. We love them. They are faithful at Faith Builders Raytown to support their pastors, and we love them for that. Verse number 1, and... After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Verse number 3. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Verse 8. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now run with me to Psalm eighty nine thirty-four. Praise the Lord. Eighty-nine thirty-four. Don't you love God's word? Yes. I sure do. Praise God. My covenant, Pastor Mark read this last night. My covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I pray I know it's fallen on good ground, and it'll bring forth 100-fold in Jesus' name. So in Psalm 89, he said, um, I'm not going to alter anything that I've spoken over your life. Now, that's good news for me because God has spoken many things over my life and I am so grateful that what I find in his word it cannot be altered that if he said it he's going to do it and you know and what I also love about the word of God is it it does not change because of circumstance if you believe that why don't you raise your hands right now And let's give him some praise. If you know the word of God does not change because of circumstance. Uh, See, uh, did you get your little rag? Because I need some people to help me preach tonight. Amen. If you've got that rag, why don't you wave that at me? Because I need you to help me to preach tonight. Amen. The title of my sermon, if I was going to give it one, is called Taking Your Faith to the Danger Zone. Sometimes we have to take our faith, Into dangerous areas, amen? So the definition of faith, why don't you shout faith? Faith Faith is the complete trust or confidence, amen, in someone or something, amen? And when we operate in faith, hear me, we operate in a trust with God and with his word and with his promises. And and faith is a trust thing. Amen. And, and not only is faith a trust thing. It's a confidence. Like Pastor Mark had us sing last night. I got confidence. God is going to see me through. No matter what the case may be. I know he's going to fix it for me. Because I got confidence. Amen. No matter what the battle may be. When we are in faith. We walk in a confidence knowing that God has promised us that he will do what he said he will do he he said in the last days do you remember this he said I'm going to pour out my spirit so I believe by faith that we are already entering into a last day revival that's going to shake the regions of the earth it's going to shake our children it's going to shake our families I believe that by faith. I believe that by faith we're going to see miracles happening again. I believe that by faith we're going to tap into the supernatural and we're going to see signs and wonders. How many want to still see some miracles this year? Hey, come on. See, I don't serve a God that is made up in somebody's mind. I serve a God of promises and he promises that he's going to strengthen me. I might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but he promises he's going to be there. He promises that he's going to give me rest. He promises that everything will work together for my good. He promises that he'll be my protector. He promises that he's my shield and buckler. He promises to answer my prayers. I serve a God that is a God of promises. And me being his child, that makes me a person of promise. Come on. Every promise in the book is mine. Everything he says, it belongs to me. No matter what hell does, no matter what people say, I got to trust. No matter what the doctor says, how bad he says it is, I got to promise that God is my healer. He is my way maker. He is my deliverer. Deliverer, Can you say amen? Oh, come on. Shout with me. Wave with me. Promises. I love promises. Promises create expectation. When my husband promises me something, I get excited. Because I know he'll keep his word and do what he promises. Amen. So promises not only create expectation, they will create a vision. Oh, come on. Uh, Pastor Michelle uh, sent me a letter as well as a phone call and invited me here tonight a few months ago. Yes. Amen. So that invitation or that promise created a vision for me that today, September the 21st, I would be here in DeSoto in this service celebrating 25 years of God's faithfulness. It created a vision. So when God gives you a promise, it creates expectation. And then that expectation creates a vision. Amen. So the Bible said a people without a vision will perish. But see, I got to tell you, you better be careful and you better beware. Because when somebody is locked in on a word and they have a vision of what God has for them, vision becomes, it's a raw material uh, that God will begin to wrap his promises around. And and then faith will help you build a habit for your vision. Now see, I'm teaching you something good right there. People will say they have faith, but they have not built a habit to see it come to pass. See, it's one thing to say you see it, but it's another thing to begin to build in what you see. So see, faith will create a partnership with your promise. I, say, I, I don't just say God has promised me some things. I say I've partnered with the promise. Because just as dedicated to me as God is, he is determined over me to do what he promised. And I'm going to be dedicated in 2023 to receive it. I'm going to be a receiver of what God has promised me. Amen. Shout faith. See, Pastor Mark said last night, That the enemy of faith is not fear. The enemy of faith is sight. Now let me explain that to you. If you see something or you see the doctor's report, Uh it immediately causes fear. That's why sight is the enemy to faith. If I see it, And it don't look good. It begins to speak to me. And then fear wells up in me. And it goes against my faith stand. Amen. That's why the Bible says that we walk by faith. And not by sight. So your life will either be led by what you see or it's led by what you believe. Let me say that again. Your life will either be led by what you see, or it will be led by what you believe. But I believe tonight that God has a plan for me. And I believe that God has a purpose for me. And I believe that the best days for all of us is in the future. And I believe that... Faith Builders Internationals best days are in the future. I believe that God set this ministry right here where people can come from all over the country and drink from the wells of the word. Come on. Faith is moved by what I believe and not by what I see. I believe that God is getting ready to pour out a blessing on this place that you don't have room to receive. We're not looking back to even be thankful right now. We're looking ahead to what God is going to do. We're looking ahead to what God has promised. We're looking ahead to the bigger. We're looking ahead to the better. We're not going to park in the goodness. We're going to park and keep moving to the better. Yeah, come on, praise him. Glory to God. God. So Abram was a man of devotion and dedication. And you will never see unstable people create or achieve greatness. Amen. Amen? They'll talk about it, but they'll never see it. Without devotion and dedication, you never see greatness. But those who say I'm all in, those who say, I know what God's called me to. I know what God has purposed me for. And I'm going to devote and dedicate and partner to what God has for my life. Amen? And. and Are there any visionaries in here tonight who can raise their hand right now and say, it don't look good right now. It don't look good for my family all the time. My finances may be talking to me, but I am devoted to what God told me he is going to do. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If that's you, why don't you praise him for about 30 seconds like you believe God's going to do it. so we find here in Genesis that Abraham's devotion took him to where we just read it, got him that far. His devotion did. His dedication, his partnership with what God promised him got him to this place. And now Abraham, the father of faith, is being moved by what he sees. Anybody ever been there? I mean, you can lie about it or you can tell the truth. and. And Abraham is being moved by what he sees. And he says, God, I need to talk to you. And and I'm sure none of you ever do that. You you kneel and pray and say, oh, holy, heavenly Father, I come to you right now. No, 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 no. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, look here, we need to talk. Because you made me some promises and I'm not seeing those promises yet. So let's have a convo. Let's have a conversation About this, and and I could hear Abraham right now saying, "God, you promised me some stuff." And right now, I'm looking at a house that is void of a crying baby. Amen, amen. There's no heir in my house. There's no heir to my promise. And you know, we're not kingdom people until we get concerned about who's going to inherit what God has promised us. Oh, that that hit real hard. Sometimes we can get so busy building our thing and building our stuff that we're not even looking for a son and daughter. We're not looking for the next generation, but real kingdom people are always seeking God for a son and a daughter. And, And so Abraham said, listen, God, there's no heir. And he said, what good is it for me to fight for promise if there's not a baby crying in my house. Amen. Sometimes we look over congregations and we can see more gray hair than we do see the younger generation. And but we say, Lord, I'm not going to be satisfied. I, I know what I say all the time, I'm not gonna be satisfied till I hear men singing and babies crying. Right. I'm not going to be satisfied until I see children running around and dancing. See, because I'm looking for sons and daughters that are going to prophesy in this last day. Hey, hey, see, it's about legacy. It, it's about us uh, raising up the next generation. Uh, who's going to carry on the word of faith? Who's going to carry on Pentecost? Who's going to carry on the promises? Uh, uh, see, in this day of self-help preachers uh, that have watered down the power of God I come by here tonight to ask you is there an Abraham generation that will stand up and say God I'm not satisfied and if you're gonna take me I'm I want to make sure there's another generation that knows the power of the Word, knows the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to make sure there's another generation who knows how to operate in miracle signs and wonders. And I believe that there's some people in here tonight that you've spent your life building your own life and ministry. But tonight we're going to make room for the seed, the seed that's coming behind me. I'm making room for the next generation. So Abraham has entered into the danger zone. And it's moments when our faith is in between the promise and the performance. We got the promise but we haven't seen the fulfillment. Come on somebody. And, and you know, those seasons, I'm talking about those seasons where delay lies to us. And delay says God's not going to keep his co- his covenant with you. and And those seasons where you have to shift your faith. You have to shift it from a movement to management. Oh, you didn't get it. it it's the season... Where you have to shift your faith from movement because everything is rocking and moving along. And by faith you're moving, but you come to the danger zone. Oh, yeah. And you have to shift how you work your faith. You have to shift it from movement into management. You have to go into a management season. And and the Bible says that it's in this danger zone that Abraham does something. He says he lays it all out on the line. Amen. Amen? Uh, Five items he lays on the altar and he does his best to manage the moment because it's a pivotal moment with God, and his trust with God. So I want to talk to you about five things we have to manage in our danger zones. I'll be real quick. The first thing we have to manage is strife in our camp. Have you ever been in a situation where you know you're on the verge of God doing everything that he promised you? You smell it. You taste it. You feel the victory, but all of a sudden, somebody in your camp will get stirred up. Right. Somebody will get a uh, bee in their mind. <coughs> yeah. And they'll go to acting out. Yeah. Right. And what I have learned is strife is like a cancer to a vision. Yes. Yes. God says, Abraham... There is strife between you and Lot's camp and your men. So he said, what I need you to do is I need you to separate from Lot because God said, I'm not operating in strife. And sometimes when we find ourselves between the promise and the fulfillment, we have to examine and see who's in our camp that does not have our vision or goals. And sometimes it's not being ugly when you say, look here, dude, I love you, but I got to separate from you because your, your mouth is not saying what my mouth is saying. You're not seeing what I'm seeing, and, and maybe when I get through this season, maybe we can hook back up, you know, because what they begin to do is they begin to criticize what you're seeing and what you're hearing, and 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 they were not there when God told you what he told you, remember? But you were. You're doing your best to manage what God promised. You're doing your best to trust what God promised. And sometimes your family can't even see what you see. But you can find yourself in a danger zone. And, And there are people that I love. Uh, uh, but I have to manage this moment and I can't have you stirring up strife so if I separate from you for a little bit it's not because I don't like you, I do like you you just don't see what I see and I'm holding on to everything that i got believing that God is my way maker and God is more than able to do exceedingly above all So I need you to move away while I manage my faith. What do you mean by manage your faith? Steady. I got to stay steady. I got to draw a line of peace. I got to stay in peace knowing that God is going to do what he said. I don't see anything moving. Don't matter. I'm staying in management. I'm watching everything around me. I'm making sure that my ears aren't hearing doubt. I'm making sure that my eyes aren't seeing failure. I'm watching to make sure that my mouth is only saying what God says. I'm moved over into management zone. I'm managing my atmosphere. I'm managing Managing everything around me. Don't come up in here in my bubble. This is my bubble. Don't come. No, 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 no. Don't don't you come up here trying to tell me that God didn't say. God did say. Number two. In the danger zone, we have to manage our senses. Because if we get overwhelmed our senses can cause us to lose our trust. The word overwhelmed means to be completely submerged by your thoughts and your emotions about life's current problems. So if I'm going to stay in faith, i got to manage my thoughts and my feelings. And if I'm going to make it through this time of trust, believing what God has told me, I've got to get my thoughts under control amen i have to take captive every single thought that rises up against what god has told me and i cannot be moved by my feelings oh see and that's hard for this culture because we post our feelings all over Snapchat and Facebook and TikTok and Instagram because we're moved by feelings. People are moved by what they feel. And you know, I feel this or I feel that. And, and it can be in this in-between place that you have to say, look here, listen up feelings. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I think. I'm not moved by what I touch, by what I hear because this is my biggest enemy to what God Has for my life. So I'm going to speak to my mind right now and I'm going to anoint myself with fresh oil. I need the oil to get on my feelings and on my thoughts because I come too far to lose now. I come too far to lose what you told me. I come too far to go ahead and abort the promise. I'm going to stay the course. I will not be moved by what I feel I don't care if it's making me itch all over I won't be moved by what I feel gonna take it into captivity number three you have to keep building in your gap or your in between place the bible said that he built an altar whatever you do when you're in your in between place don't stop building Keep building even when the enemy says it's never gonna happen. You gotta keep building the dream you got to keep building the ministry even when your mind is telling you. People are looking at you crazy. They they don't even believe you anymore because you're in between the promise and the fulfillment. But here's what i got to say. Don't you dare stop, Nehemiah. You build with one hand and you fight off every thought with the other hand. Don't you come off that wall. I know you're in an in-between situation. I know that it's a danger zone. But by faith, I'm going to keep building building my dream by faith i'm going to keep building my ministry by faith i'm going to keep building on the promises i dare you tonight to grab a tool in one hand and with your other hand fight off everything the devil tells you keep building keep preaching like there's 500 in your service every sunday keep doing what you're doing don't you dare give up i'm not going to quit i don't have my promise I don't have what God's told me and I know what he told me by faith and I'm gonna keep building and there ain't nothing you can do about it Amen Amen. Amen. Number four Know that God is your protector and provider while you're waiting on the promise Number five Keep a panoramic vision This is When you can see everything that's happening all around you. God told Abraham, look to the north, the south, the east, and the west. He said, it's all going to be yours. What you see is what I'm going to give you. Amen? So while you're waiting, the enemy wants your mind and your feelings to become one-dimensional. He wants you to focus in on the season and the moment. If you can manage your faith and keep a panoramic vision. See, you got to see the bigger thing. I see what God is telling me. You got to see what God is telling you. You got to be able to see the reality. And, And right now, the only reality I can grab a hold of is By faith. I see this. I see it by faith. No, I'm not touching it. No, it's not manifested. But by faith, I see it. By faith, I see the doors opening. By faith, I see revival. By faith, I have a panoramic view. Ah, Why don't you lift up your head right now and look to the north, the south, the east, and the west uh, and say, excuse me, but my praise got me to this moment. My praise got me to a higher perspective. My praise got me to the place where I'm seeing the bigger picture. I may be in an in-between place. I may not look like I've got what I'm believing God for but I'm trusting God and I believe that any day now there's going to be a baby crying in my house I believe that any day now a seed is coming to my promise any day so Abraham is managing the in between place and the Bible says that while he's managing that in-between place, here comes the buzzards. And those buzzards wanted to land on the sacrifice that Abraham had cut and laid out. Remember we read it? And those buzzards were trying to steal what God told you is yours. See, buzzards of disappointment buzzards of despair buzzards of religious mindsets buzzards of anxiety and people's opinions and doctor's reports and bank accounts, buzzards that want to come into your in-between season when you've laid it all on the line and you kept building and, and you've done everything you can to hold on. Here comes them buzzards trying to get your focus off of what you just laid out. But the Bible said that Abraham began to shoo off the buzzards. I want you to raise your flash water and get that. Buzzard off your faith dream right now. Get that buzzard off your promise right now. Buzzard, you need to tell him, I fought too much for you to snatch this from me. I came through too much for you to take this from me. I fought too hard for you to get me right now in this place. You can't have me. You can't take. It. I'm a child of promise my family will be saved my body will be healed my ministry will grow God will provide buzzards you can't take this moment I fought too hard for this you ain't gonna steal what God called by now can you give God some praise and shoo the devil and the buzzards off your promise Oh, why don't you just jump to your feet and shoot some pest out of this room? Just shoot them on out of this room. Unbelief and doubt. Discouragement. Fear. Go. Go. Go away. In the name of Jesus, go. You can't have another dream. You can't have another kid. I fought in the spirit too long. I fought for it. And devil, I need you to know this is my year. I'm shooing the buzzard off because I walk by faith. I teach faith. This is my season. buzzard. you need to go right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel the anointing in here right now. You need to shoo the buzzard off your finances. Get the buzzard off your vision. Get the buzzard off your kids. Get it out of your marriage. Get it out of your home. Oh, God, in Jesus' name. Out of curiosity, I googled how to get rid of buzzards. They said that if you want to get rid of buzzards, that you get the image of a buzzard hanging upside down. Like he's dead. You got that for me, brother? Look at that. Hang him over the area he's trying to infest. So when the other buzzards come, hear me. When the other buzzards come, when doubt comes by, when unbelief comes by, they see the last buzzard that tried to land on your dream. They see the last buzzard that tried to land on your dream. I said they see the last buzzard that tried to land on your dream. And they think twice about getting into your sacrifice. Oh, they remember. They remember that buzzard of cancer. They remembered what happened to that. They remembered when cancer tried to get into your house. What happened to the buzzard of cancer? There he is. He's hanging upside down. Oh, yeah. Come on go ahead you need to grab whatever you're believing for right now and you need to remind the devil the last buzzard that tried to steal my faith that tried to steal my healing that tried to take my kids look at him that's what happened to him and I'm gonna do it to you too Sometimes you just need to grab something from your past that God brought you through and you need to just start telling the devil I might be in an in-between place right now. It may not be fulfilled yet but I got news for you that if God did that God will do this too. We went into fight like a sister this year. And I had $563 in my fight like a sister count, which was not even, that wasn't even an airfare. (laughs) airfare. Wasn't even an airfare. And I I was up front. I said, this is what we got. So we ain't got no budget. This is what this is going to cost. And this is what this is going to cost. But we're going to. So I started relating the story to them of what God did the first conference because I want them to get their faith built that if God did it 15 years ago, he'll do it 15 years later. And I got an image of an upside-down buzzard. So when the enemy came to try to say, you got in too deep this year, Then I can say, no, 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 no. 15 years he's been meeting every need. 15 years he's going to continue to meet every need. I, I was away and we were ministering. And I knew that the budget for this particular meeting that we were in was $750 a night. And so I asked my husband, can I give the $750 to meet the budget for this meeting tonight so that I can put that seed in the ground to cover my budget which was about $6,500 when it was all said and done. And I said, can I, can I do that? Can I put that on the ground? And he said, yes, you can do that. So I wrote the check. I took it to the person. And I said, I'm sewing this uh, for my budget on my upcoming conference next week. I'm believing God that he's going to meet every need. I sowed that seed and I was in my in-between place and, and the enemy wanted to tell me how well you did this and well you did that and da 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 and on and on and on and on and I said I got seed in the ground and i'm telling you you buzzard of doubt and unbelief i'm telling you to flee from my garden right now because i got my faith on this thing and it's going to multiply and god's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do and i'm here to testify to you tonight that on the first night not the second night not the third or the fourth service but the first service God God multiplied above and beyond all I could ask or think. And he met the budget on the first night. Because that's the kind of God I serve. Whatever you need right tell him to go. There was a woman in the Bible. You can read about her in 2 Samuel. Her name was Rizpah. And the Bible talks about Rizbah was a concubine of Saul. And Saul had broken a covenant with the Gibeonites that Joshua had made. And Joshua had promised them that he would not wipe them out. But David found himself in a place where there was famine, there was drought, Nothing was going well. So David inquired of the Lord, and he said, what is the problem? And the Lord told David, Saul broke a covenant with the Gibeonites. And this is what's happening, what's going on. So David goes to the Gibeonites, and he said, what can I do to make things right with you? And uh, they said, well, we want seven of Saul's descendants. We want to kill them. And two of those descendants that they received was Rispa's boys. And the Gibeonites, the Bible said, took them out, executed them, and they did not bring them down for burial. They left them open for the buzzards to pick at. Amen. But the Bible says that Rizpah refused to leave her boys. She stayed there for six months through drought and heat and cold and rain. She stayed there continually fighting off the buzzards because she knew that her boys were to be rightfully buried. And she said, I will stay here as long as it takes and I will fight every buzzard off of my boys until they do the right thing and they bury them right the way they're supposed to be buried. And she stood there. Day and night. And they would come and they would say, Rispa, you got to leave. You got to go home. You can't keep staying out here. It's cold out here. You can't be here. Look, Rispa, they're already gone. I need you to come back home. And Rispa would say, not a chance. I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to stake my claim. And I will not move until my boys are buried right. I'm going to tell you right now that some of y'all... Have promises out there that you feel like have died. But what you need to do is you need to get your fly swat in your hand and you need to. Refuse uh, no matter how decayed it looks, uh, no matter how dark it looks, uh, no matter how black it looks, uh, you need to stand there and you need to fight off uh, every buzzard of unbelief, uh, every buzzard of doubt, uh, every buzzard, and you need to say, I will not move uh, until that children are made right. You need to start fighting off uh, the enemy off of your kids uh, that are trying to destroy your kids uh, and say, I won't move. I'm not coming down. I will not. I will see my miracle. The Bible says she stood there day and night and she fought off the buzzards. And David heard about it. And when he heard about it, he went and he took him and he gave him a proper burial. But she fought till it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And too many times we give up too quick. Uh-huh. We got promises that God has made to us, and we allow the buzzards of doubt and unbelief to come and swoop down and begin to take everything that God has promised us. But Abraham said oh no. Risma said oh no. I got a promise and I'm going to see it performed. It may be dangerous right now. It may feel unsafe right now. But I have a promise and I know the same God that promised me is going to fulfill the promise in my life. And my job is to stay in faith. To stay in the Word to stay steadfast and unmovable, knowing that God will do exactly what He said He would do. Why don't you give God some praise in this house tonight? Hallelujah! Can you stand up on your feet? We got a promise, we got a promise. And there's enemies to the promise. But if we stay steadfast in faith and unmovable and fight off every attack of the enemy, you'll have what God said you could have. Just lift your hands and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost.